This episode of Limitless Range was recorded on May 29th. Welcome to episode 12, question mark? 12 or 13, I think, yeah. Well, twelve or th- welcome to episode 12 and or 13 of Limitless Range Podcast. I am Travis Garner here with Logan Sella. As always, we're we're back for you guys. Um, we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, we just we had some stuff going on, so we just decided to rather than put out an episode that's not of high quality or an episode that wasn't the best content, we figured we'd just wait till this week. So this week we're gonna do something a little bit different than what we normally do. We're gonna talk about some NBA draft prospects. We each picked a prospect, and we're gonna go really in depth and uh, talk about some of their college stats if they played in college, and um, what their strengths and weaknesses are, stuff like that. So I guess I'll let you start, Logan. All right. So I started with what is to me the most interesting prospect in the 2020 draft of the crop of prospects, and that is one. LaMelo Ball, point guard from Chino Hills, California, but currently plays in the Australian NBL for the Illawarra Warhawks. Have you heard of them, Travis? I have, since you just mentioned them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you had the Australian NBL package on your TV or not. but Not particularly, no. I'm sure you are, though, familiar with his his two older brothers, Lonzo and Leangelo, mostly Lonzo, NBA point guard for the Pelicans. Lamelo is three years younger. No, four, three. He's three years younger. So he was a high school freshman when Lamelo, or I'm sorry, when Lonzo was a high school senior, and he's pretty young. So instead of going to college, he went overseas to play in Australia, and he's been doing pretty well for himself over there. He actually just recently bought the team he played on, which is kind of a power move. Uh, he, averages about seven, <laughs> he averages about 17 points, almost eight rebounds, and seven assists. But he shoots only 37.5% from the field. Uh, the main selling point is just the creativity for him, creativity with the ball in his hands, a lot of offensive skill. Uh, he doesn't shoot all that efficient, but he has some great range, uh, like we saw with Lonzo occasionally. Uh, really good ball handler, really good passer. Uh, needs some work on the defensive end. Is pretty slight. Isn't really all that big. He's six four, but he's kind of a he's a little six four. He's not. He's definitely going to need to add some weight. Uh, but I I think he's he's something. He's a he's got some star power. There really isn't any other prospects in this class to me that has any star power. I think that's kind of what drew me to Lamelo. Uh, he's projected to go around in the top five. Uh, and I interject. Sorry, you may. Uh, Lamelo Ball is six foot eight. By the way, what the heck? I'm not bad he information. A, he hit a growth spurt. He's six. Yeah, that's now. right. You're right. You're right. I read that wrong. He's yeah, but he's pretty lean. He could probably afford to add some weight. It's really kind of like Lonzo. He plays with a lot of feel. Kind of does some things you can't really uh, calculate or see on a stat sheet. And as far as anticipation on defense, uh, just seeing the floor, he really does that well. Uh, he translates as, as a pure point guard. Doesn't really have the funny shot that Lonzo does, although it, it is a little bit low release point. He could use a little work there. 
yeah, that's him. He's projected to be a top five pick. Uh, one draft I'm looking at right now has him going fifth, the other going third. I don't think he'll be the number one pick, but I could see him going as high as two or three. Yeah, I could definitely see him going top five. Um, I I don't know who's projected to be in the top five right now. I know it'd be probably Warriors, Cavs. Pistons, Hawks, and T-Wolves as it sits. Pistons, Hawks, odds. Yeah, I mean, Warriors don't need him because they have Steph and Clay. Mm-hmm. Hawks don't need him because they have Trey Young. And, I mean, unless you played him at the off-guard spot, but, I mean, I don't know if I'd do that or not. I think he's I think he's more of a natural point guard. He is. I think he's going to have to have the ball in his hands to succeed. Yeah. And um, what the other teams you said? Uh, uh, Cavs. Cavs, T-Wolves, Hawks, and Pistons, and the Warriors are the top five odds right now. Cavs, I would say no, just simply because of the fact that they already have a log jam at point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of their point guards, whether it be Sexton or Darius Garland, sorry, I, I blanked out his name. I think one of them is going to be traded uh, before next season because I just I don't think I know the only they only gave it one season, but I just don't, it doesn't look like it's going to work out. And then I don't know. I think the the best fit out of all those teams is actually the Pistons, in my opinion. I think so too. Both drafts I'm looking at one from CBS Sports and the other from NBA Draft Room, both having being selected by the Pistons, if you read into that at all. But I think he would be a good fit just because there really isn't a point guard there. He could come in and see significant time right away. You know, obviously with Blake around and, boy, I'm trying to think who else would even be on the supporting cast for the Pistons. Never really know with them. But, yeah, that, that could be – that's probably is the best fit just because the Hawks, Cavaliers, and Warriors are all pretty guard-centric. And Minnesota now added D'Angelo Russell. I forget that they added uh, D'Lo. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been so long since we've seen basketball. But, right. It's been, what, uh, like 70-some days I heard today? Yeah. It's it's looking like it might be coming back, though, so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I saw that today, too. It looks like uh, the powers that be are trying to organize a return, which is exciting. Yep. Um, so, anything else to add about LaMelo? Not really. I mean, he's, he's really hard to say he's a a project because all of these players are there's really no surefire stud out of all of these all of the top of this draft at least i think Uh, his most his i think he needs to shoot more efficiently i think that's obvious like he needs to he needs to take better shots and shoot i mean you got to get up to at least around 45 percent from the field if not higher but i think his most valuable asset coming into the draft and coming into the nba is, is, is his passing vision because I think – I don't know if you watch some of his highlights, but some of the passes he makes are elite-level IQ and vision. So I think that's his biggest upside coming into the NBA. Yeah, I think so too. Just the the offensive skill to me really popped for a, a 19-year-old. I mean, he he's really uh, smooth with the ball in his hands and he really sees the floor well. Uh, he is a, a true point guard really. You know, obviously the shooting is a little bit of a concern, but there's really not a whole lot of players that come into the NBA with a, a real polished shot. You know, we've talked about it a few times with Luca, how we wish he shot more efficiently. Uh, the same with Trey Young, although he's became more efficient. You know, and that's something that can develop, and I think will develop with time, just because he he has the the courage to take him, and he can take him from everywhere. He's got a lot of range, which I like. Uh, but I think that's something he can develop, and we've seen players develop a shooting touch as they develop in 
their career the first few years. Yeah, and see, that's what, like, that. in my opinion, that's what separates, like, players like LaMelo from other players. Because we've talked about it on this podcast before. Like, r- there's players that just that have it. Like, they have, when it comes to passing, like, they have passing vision. They have tremendous basketball IQ. They know where everyone is on the floor at all times. And, you know, we bring up players like Luka. Luka knows where everybody is. LeBron knows where everybody is. Mm-hmm. And I think LaMelo has that. There's a difference between being a playmaker and knowing where everyone is and just being a facilitator and just making passes. And I think a prime example of someone who just makes the pass is is Russell Westbrook. I don't even think he has I don't even think he's really a good passer. I don't even think he has good vision. I think he just passes he just so happens to pass to the open man and get like eight, nine assists a game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think if I had to to put like a, a comp on him, it might be kind of like Luca. He's a little bit springier, I think, uh, but not definitely not as big. I don't think he'll have the frame to push people around. Um, let's see, he's really not like a, a super duper athletic type, like a Westbrook or Derrick Rose. He's kind of in between. Uh, one draft mock draft actually says his comp is Jason Williams, white chocolate. Which I don't know about that. Uh, maybe I think he'll he'll be he'll become a better shooter than than Jay Will ever was, but I don't know. It's, he's kind of a hard guy to make a comp for just because, you know, we haven't seen him that much. Obviously never playing in college. I could see him being maybe not quite like a a Grant Hill, maybe a, a lesser version of Harden. Definitely not, you know, I don't think he's got the savant level shooting that Harden has, and, you know, able to step back and shoot it from whatever, but I think he'll translate as a high usage point guard. I think if you can build around him with the ball in his hands pretty well, I think. All right, should we move on to my prospect? Let's move on to your prospect spotlight. All right, so I went a little bit of a different route with my prospect. I wanted to pick somebody who was projected to go mid to, mid to late first round, someone who I didn't think you knew a lot about or most people knew a lot about, so I wanted to shed some light on him. And my prospect is uh, Sadiq Bay from Villanova. Um, he played at Villanova, like I said. He is a sophomore, 6'8", 216-pound combo forward. He can play the three or the four. He's really lengthy. He shot near 46% from three in his sophomore season, averaged 16 points, uh, two and a half assists, almost five rebounds, um, shot 77% from the line, and like I said, really efficient, 46% from three. Sadiq Bay has been called – one of the most underrated prospects in this draft by NBC Sports. Like I said, average 16.1 points. And I think his main strength comes on the other end of the floor. Um, he's just a really good defender. He's one of the best on-ball defenders in the draft, in my opinion. Was the, He's the best defender on Villanova. He was the best defender on Villanova's roster last year. Some mock drafts that have him going anywhere from like 15 to like 25 NBA draft.net has him going 23rd to the Denver Nuggets and um, Tankathon has him going 18th to my very own Dallas Mavericks. So yeah, that's Sadiq Bay. He's a very, he's a lengthy, um, lengthy shooter, good defender, six foot eight. He can play the three or the four, probably more suited as like a three in the NBA. Or, I mean, if you wanted to build a stretch four route, he would be good for that too. I think. He's actually, I think he's an underrated passer. He only averaged two and a half assists, but he has good vision. I mean, he can pass, he's passed out of the post a couple times that I've seen. 
And um, he has decent vision, So, and obviously a decent rebounder at the three position. Um, he averaged around five a game. I think he would be perfect for the Mavericks if we end up getting the 18th pick, if he's still available, because we need a three, we need a wing, and he's a three and D wing, and that's pretty much exactly what we need. So that's Sadiq Bay. Yeah. So I know you told me about him uh, when we first discussed uh, sort of our plans for this podcast. I watched a little tape. Um, I'm looking at uh, my one mock draft here from NBA Draft Room is the site. He says his comp is Chris Middleton. What do you think of that comparison? I think that's fairly accurate. Um, Chris Middleton is, is a knockdown three-point shooter. He's an all-star. He's um, a very good defender on the ball. And, I mean, he Chris Middleton is one of those guys who I think is a really good off-ball defender, too, really good at being a pest. So I think that's a fairly fairly good comp. I mean, I think – I mean, if he comes to the Mavs and he ends up turning out like Chris Middleton, I mean, hey, that's, that's about as good as you can get. Yeah, I, I'm watching a little bit more tape now. I don't love his stroke, honestly. He doesn't really look like a natural shooter, but I I, I do see the potential defensively. He's definitely an NBA body, uh, 6'8". He's about 218 he's listed at, uh, but I think he could probably get up to about 225, 230. He, he could really be a, a great defender. You know, you could see the athleticism, the length. I think he could be a really good defender and rebounder. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to critique too much about his shot because – you know, he, he did shoot it pretty well from an efficiency standpoint, but I don't know. I don't think he's really translated as a, as a, a pure scorer. I think he could be a 3-and-D guy for sure, though. Right. And I think Chris Middleton is a great comp. And um, there was one more that I was thinking of. I think another good, good comp would be like like a Sean Marion type. I mean, I think he could be – he has the, the potential to be a little bit better shooter than Sean Marion, but the lengthy three to four that can, you know, snag rebounds – and um, shoot the ball pretty efficiently. I think that's a good comp for him as well. Just kind of came to mind is Robert Covington, I think could be a good comp for him. Yep. He's a little bit bigger. Uh, I don't know if he's, he'll be quite the shooter, but I, I think uh, maybe not as long either. Covington's really long. He's, he's a, actually an inch taller than Covington, a couple more pounds heavier, but Covington is a little bit longer. Uh, but I think that could be an apt comparison, just a you know, all-out 3-and-D guy, all kinds of versatility, all kinds of length. I think that could be – that's a good comparison for me, just just yeah. from what I've seen on tape. He's a pretty he's a pretty decent finisher, too, at the rim. He can uh, fight through the defense and finish pretty well through contact. Um, obviously, that's not one of his major strengths, but it's some he can definitely finish at the rim if the three-point shot or the midi isn't there. I'm watching some highlights right along with you right now, and – I do see kind of where you're coming from with the shot. It it does look a little awkward. Um, it looks like he kind of he kind of kicks his left leg out. I don't know if you noticed that. It's not really. It's a little. He kind of just short arms, kind of chucks it a little bit to me. Yeah, it but almost it's, looks it's, like he's shooting with two hands. A little. It's just not really fluid. And then, you know that's something you know you get with an NBA coaching staff. They'll iron out and right. You know, but you know we've seen guys with less than prototypical releases have long careers in the NBA as shooters you know Sean Marion's one of them you just brought up or you know PJ Tucker isn't really a natural shooter but you know he shoots it well enough that could be kind of a role for him yeah I definitely think that he could be one of the Mavs best options in the draft that's if we if if we end up with the with the 18th pick I mean we could end up lower if we if we come back to the season and we just light it up but I think if if the season comes back, this is kind of off topic. 
I think if the season comes back, I think Luke is going to come out guns blazing. I think he's going to. I think he's going to go nuts when it comes back. I don't know. I that's hard to say. I mean, I I don't think he'll be any significantly different one way or the other. Why do you think he's going to be so much better? I don't know. I just think I I think just a hunch. Feel like he's the type of player that is emotionally connected to basketball, and I think he just I think it's the emotion and the excitement and adrenaline from not playing for 75, 80 days when you're supposed to be playing. I think coming back after that, you could argue that he's going to play really well. I don't know. It's hard to say. I could think, you know, what I've heard most is guys that are, you know, the veteran players might have a little bit more of an advantage just because, you know, they've made more money. So they might have better, you know, resources at home as far as being able to lift or shoot or whatever. I, you know, it's hard to say, you know, I'm sure, Luca does well for himself. He, he makes since he was a high pick, he makes pretty good money, but not Steph Curry, James Harden money. Uh, I don't know. I I could see it just because Texas has one been one of the states where they've let players go back to their facilities quicker than you know, say New York or even California or some other states in the Midwest. But I don't know. I I could see it. I think I'd be excited to see if if he gets a chance in a playoff situation, just because I think you know he he translates into a like a postseason game really well and obviously i mean if he if sadiq bay going back to him if he didn't end up going to um going to the mavs there's you know there's a villanova connection on the mavs with jalen brunson so but i mean that was that i kind of compare him to a jalen brunson type because the mavs kind of took a chance on jalen brunson he was still up he was still available on the board he just won a national championship with villanova and um he was they took him at the 34th pick i believe in in the second round um and he's turned out well for us you know he he's a good point guard off the bench and i think Sadiq Bay if we draft him i i think he's an immediate starter coming in i think so too uh you know i really love his body just look at him he looks like a stud uh he's you know he could, he could be a plug and play guy pretty early for sure yeah definitely all right so that is Sadiq Bay and Lamelo Ball. So we, we will continue I, to do um, every time we do an episode. We'll we'll take some time to highlight a prospect every every week. I think that's our plan. If that's if that's cool with you, yeah, I like that. That'll be fun. So I guess maybe not to tease it too much, but you know, since who knows when the draft will actually be. But right now, Travis Gardner, who. If you had the number one pick in the 2020 NBA draft, would you take? I don't know. At the beginning of the year, I would have said Anthony Edwards, but he's kind of – he's just – I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. But I I think it honestly depends on who who gets the number one pick. I mean, if you're the the Warriors and you get the number one pick, I think you go James Wiseman. But if you're someone like – I think the Cavs, you could probably go James Wiseman too, or someone like Denny Avija. I don't know if I said his name right. Denny Avija. Avija. I don't know. Adv- yeah, he. I think he. I think he's going to be a Luca esque player. I don't know if he's going to be quite on the level as Luca, but I think he could. He could be kind of like him. I don't know. I really like Cole Anthony. I don't think he's going to go number one, but I. I. I really. I'm kind of high on him. I see he's projected here at 20th to the Nets in this one mock draft I'm looking at. Uh, he had a right knee injury his only year at North Carolina. 
185. Not bad. I think he he could be a, a good mid first round value pick. Yeah, I think he's projected uh, to go tenth to the Phoenix Suns in this mock draft on Tankathon. Mm-hmm. And then Anthony Edwards wasn't the one that I was I was thinking. I get him and um and uh, R.J. Hampton confused, but R.J. Hampton is the one that really just didn't impress me impress me at all this year. Um, I think he was projected to go top five, and now Tankathon has him going at fourteenth. R.J. Hampton was really unimpressive, and I think. I think an, another underrated prospect, along with um, with uh, Sadiq Bay, is Kira Lewis Jr. I, he has projected to go twenty one to the Nuggets. That's another prospect that I think the Mavs should take a look at. He's a he's a very, I don't want to say very good defender, but he's a decent defender at the point guard spot. He's a, a pretty good shooter. He averages he shoots about thirty six percent. So you'd like to see that come up a little bit. He averages almost two steals a game. So. Um, and then about five assists and four and a half rebounds at a, and being a six, three point guard, uh, four and a half rebounds is pretty, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of other prospects that I think the Mavs could look at someone like, uh, Sadiq Bay, like I said, Theo Maladin would be another one, Nico Mannion, uh, Jaden McDaniels, uh, just people like that, you know, some, some wing, wings and guards, I think it would be what we would look at. But as far as number one, I think it's going to be James Wiseman if I was a betting man. Can I offer a bit of a hot take? Let's, let's hear it. I think the Warriors, are, if, they, if they do get the number one pick, would trade out of it. I don't think they would take anybody at the top of the draft. I don't necessarily think that's a hot take. I think that that's, that could def, that's definitely a real possibility that the Warriors trade the, the number one pick if they were to get it. Someone I was talking to the other day mentioned that um, it was a rumor that they were going to trade Clay Thompson and like number one pick for uh, for Giannis, which I don't know where they got that from, but that doesn't sound feasible at all to me. Well, no, I don't think it sounds feasible either. I think the only, you know, chance that that would have is if Milwaukee crashes and burns this year and, you know, the whispers get really loud that Giannis wants out of Milwaukee at which point they would have to trade him to just get some value instead of losing him in free agency. Right. And I honestly I honestly see Giannis as like a Milwaukee for life type of guy. Yeah, but, he he is pretty – he's kind of a throwback. You know, he talks about how he doesn't really see his other guys as friends and, you know, he's a loyal competitor. I think – yeah, I think you're right. I, wouldn't, I, I would be surprised if he does leave Milwaukee. Yeah, and – I don't know. I I kind of I feel that way about Luca too. I think Luca is going to be a lifetime Maverick. Now, um, Kristaps is is a different story. I don't. I, when his contract's up, I mean, I I don't know if if he if he'll stay or. Um, I'd like him to stay, but I don't know. That's a different story for another day. Yeah, I don't know. I just think the Warriors' their window is really the next two or three years, and I don't think they can afford to wait on a rookie to be that fourth or fifth best player. Right. You know, I think, you know, I was actually, so they traded D'Angelo Russell and they got back a pick and return, but then they gave up another first round pick or something, didn't they? Like I think what would have been the better deal would be to hang on to their pick. I'm sorry. They they, didn't hold on to their other pick and then they could package that with Russell and this pick to get, 
you know, a really, really good player. Uh, I think I heard somebody say Ben Simmons maybe if Philadelphia wanted to move off of him or, you know, you could maybe – I'm not sure who else you could get, but that's, that'd be quite the package. You know, you could get a haul for that. I, I kind of feel like that the Warriors, when they traded D'Angelo Russell, they kind of got fleeced a little bit, in my opinion. I don't know. It wasn't a terrible deal, but I just I feel like they could have got more. So the Warriors got the 2021 first-round pick and a 2021 second-round pick from Minnesota, and they had to give up Jacob Elvis and Amari Spellman, and the uh, Timberwolves got D'Angelo Russell. And in return, Golden State got in. Andrew Wiggins. So it was really Andrew Wiggins and D'Angelo Russell plus picks was really the main flip. I don't know. I, I, I'm not really high on Wiggins. I know a lot of the advanced metrics and some of those numbers aren't very high on him either. I think he's, he's an athletic guy, but he's, he just doesn't really, he's not a very great competitor. I don't think he doesn't really have that dog in him. I think it's kind of been the knock on him around the league in his first, you know, half dozen seasons. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, who knows? I think I could see the potential for a good fit in Golden State with their kind of winning culture and being around Steph and Clay and Draymond. I think it could be good for him, but I don't know. I'm not really sold on him as that kind of piece that gets them right back in the championship hunt. Yeah, I think he's just meh, in my opinion. Like, I just – I don't think he's bad, but I just – I also don't think he's good. Um, so, does, does that wrap up our, our draft talk, or you got anything else to add? Not really. I mean, if we're going to profile a player every week, then we got plenty more to go. We might as well not give it away yet, you know? I wanted to, to chat about Kristaps uh, real quick. I wanted to hop on my Mav, my Mavs soapbox real quick. All right. I guess this is like the substitute for our State of the Mavs address. Yeah. Formerly, I, I formerly so. famous. World-renowned State of the Mavs address. Yeah, you bet. I don't know. I've just – I know I talk about him all the time, but I've been watching – Chris Stops highlights the last couple days, and man, that dude is a dog, bro. <laughs> I swear, like, I don't think we've ever seen someone who's nearing seven, seven foot four inches, and can put the ball on the deck and dribble, and has a good ball handle, and has pretty good speed for someone being that large, and can shoot from from the logo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's just that's rare. I mean, you can, I can, you can see why they call him the unicorn because that combination of skill sets and a player that tall is is rare. That's what I was gonna say. Is that's you know why he got his name is the unicorn. Like he was the first guy that we kind of use that term about. Kind of use it with Giannis or heard Luca. Some people say it about Luca or Carl Anthony Towns, but he's really it. Like he was the first guy that we kind of use that term for and I know what you mean he's he's kind of he just looks different than almost anybody we've seen he's a rare talent man I mean there's just I was watching highlights and stuff and just watching him I mean he's got a he's got a decent little step back that he uses and I mean name another 7-3 big that's shooting step back threes like that's that's rare it's just I don't even really have much to say. I just watched some highlights and I'm just like, wow. So on the year he played 51 out of what they finished like 68 games or 60 some games, something like that. He shot 42 percent from the field, 35 from three, averaged 19, 10 and about one and a half assists, 
shot 77% from the free throw line, which is pretty impressive. Um, got to the line about four times a night. I don't know. I think, especially in Dallas, I think he's been maybe just a little too finesse for me. I think he falls in love with that three-point shot just a little too much. Like this year, uh, his first three years in New York, he averaged about three, almost four, just under five three-pointers a night. And this year, he jacked up seven. Uh, like I'd like well, to see. You have him. to remember, a good majority of those are just from kickouts from Luca. So there, it's not like he he doesn't take step backs often, but it's like if if there if it's a if it's a low shot clock and there's like three seconds left and they need to create something, they could just give it to him from thirty five feet and he could possibly knock it down. Yeah, right. Which I don't know. I which I guess I could be wrong because his his rebounds are up. Uh, way up from what they were in New York, but I don't know. I think uh, I'd like to see him bang a little bit more, just because he's he's really big. Like he's a legitimate seven foot three. Like he is huge, and I think he, you know. I I don't know. I I kind of I think he is kind of a good Robin for Lucas Batman out there on just because he can get a shot basically whenever he wants from just about anywhere with his length. Uh, but I don't know. I. I, I feel like I do that a lot with big guys almost. I kind of want to see him play as more traditional big men. I do it with Anthony Davis a lot. Like just watching him, I, you know, I feel like he, he'll do like a face up step back jumper. I'm like, just, you know, back him down, go to the hook shot. I, maybe that's just kind of a personal thing for me, but. Yeah. I mean, he's just not, he's not at the level yet where he's big enough to bang, bang around with the other bigs down in the post. Mm-hmm. So I think it's better that he honestly plays on the perimeter at this point. I mean, he can he can back people down a little bit, and go, he's got a nice little fade fade away that he can go to. Um, but he likes to he likes to back him down and kind of fade and fade and like bank it off the glass from the block. So um, he he likes that move. But I think if I think if he could add like another ten to fifteen pounds, I think he could bang around with the bigs down low pretty pretty well. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, though, I guess this year was his best year rebounding. He averaged you know, nine and a half rebounds a night, which is, is pretty good. You know, I think if he could get up to like a double-digit rebounder, then, you know, that's that'd really be something. Quick insertion of a uh, of funny thing here. Have you ever – you've watched Dude Perfect before? I have, yeah. Have you seen their basketball stereotypes video? Uh, I've seen some of their stereotype videos, but I don't know if I've seen the one I think you're talking about. Um, look it up. It's really funny, by the way. Uh, but there's this one where it's like the stereotype is the the tall guy who only shoots threes. <laughs> it's like they pass it to him in the post, and he's like, "Post up, you're six six And the dude just gets it in the post, and then he runs out to the corner. It's just <laughs> like a fadeaway three. And yeah. He's like, "Get down low, you're six six That's kind of what I how I feel about Kristaps a little bit. Well, like, get down it's... low, you're seven three. Well, so he went from his last year in New York, he averaged about 14 attempts from two per game and about five from three. And now in Dallas, he averaged about seven from three and only just under nine from two. So it's kind of interesting, you know, twist in his game. I don't know. I I think maybe it's just weird because you feel like you'd get a more traditional fit with him as a second option, you know, kind of that, you guard forward combination with Luca or guard center. You know, you've seen it with Stockton and Malone or even with LeBron, like LeBron and AD, kind of that kind of thing. But 
don't know. It's just kind of a, a weird thing that's just new, you know, because of where the NBA is going. And you got to be able to shoot from three, and you got to be able to create from the wing. And you know, that's just that's just new, I guess. I think he has, as you mentioned, the, the rebounding numbers are up. I think if I remember correctly, he's averaging around nine point two, nine point three, something like that, right? Nine and a half, even nine point nine and a half, even. Okay, mm-hmm. so. And that's up from about, I think, around six, six and a half to seven in New York. So yep. up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But I think he has the ability to be an elite rebounder just simply because of the fact he knows where the ball's going before the shot even hits the rim. Like, he, if you notice, one of the biggest parts of his game is putback slams. He's really good at knowing where the ball's going to go before it gets shot and put, positioning himself in a place where he can get the rebound and throw it back down into the hoop. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's actually always been a really good offensive rebounder. Uh, His, this year's his uptick has come on the defensive end, but he's always been close to two offensive rebounds a game. Right. Um, But yeah, that can, that can end our, our Kristaps talk. I was just, I've been going nuts over him the last couple of days, watching some of his highlights, man. You're itching, man. We're itching to get some NBA I'm, basketball I'm back. I'm itching for baseball, too, man. I want to watch some baseball. I don't know about baseball. Baseball, it's not looking good right now. I don't know. I I haven't heard any news about them lately, to be honest. Seems like they're at kind of an impasse with, you know, negotiations as far as revenue and, and money, really, for this season. The owners want them to take, like, a 75 to 80% pay cut, but players really want, like, a 40 to 50% pay cut, so... And they're just kind of at at a a stall or an impasse, really, as far as how much money the players are going to get. Well, I mean, I'd take a I'd take a ninety percent pay cut if I was making what they're making. Well, uh, you know that's easy to say, especially right Right. now. Yeah, I get that. It's easy to say, but like it, they do they do have to live like and they live a more extravagant lifestyle than what we're used to, but. Um, they have to have money to pay to pay for their 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 cars and their houses, and if they have kids and. Um, well, I mean, it's just you know, if I had signed a contract that says I'm going to get fifteen million dollars for my services, and now all of a sudden you want to pay me three, you know, I'd, I'd have a problem with that. I can see where yeah. the players are coming from. Yeah, yeah, but all right, should we wrap up here? Yeah, I'm thinking so, and I don't really have any other topics to get to. I don't think. Yeah, but. All right, um, we're going to wrap up here. So that was our uh, NBA draft prospects spotlight preview thingy-majiggy. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll have another one of these uh, next week. I, I want to say next week, but I don't know. If something comes up, we won't be back next week. But as of now, we plan on being back next week. Um, Sounds good. All right. Um, with that, we're going to wrap it up here. So I am Travis Garner. Logan Sulla. And uh, you have listened to Limitless Range. Thank you for tuning in. 